Hello, it is Tuesday, April 14th. I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this podcast. Good conversations today. Roman Harper and his next stop by. You'll see what that means in a little bit. Plus, a very fantastic conversation with our guy Cliff Averill. And obviously, the legend, A.J. Hawk. Today's show is brought to you by Lisa. Lisa Mattress is a, the mattress that I'm laying on currently uh, next to my lady and our pit bull and Sharpay. Chuck the Corgi now sleeps outside the room. Locked out. Still inside the house, outside of the bedroom. But he can kind of run and shit and piss wherever the hell he wants, just outside of the bedroom because he gets a little bit bossy with the bed and where he puts his ass out on the pillows and stuff like that. But I can't blame him because when you get a chance to sleep on a Lisa mattress, you take advantage of it. This is the most comfortable bed I've ever been on. And this bed showed up at my front door in a box. That box was unpacked in less than five minutes and whammy, the best mattress I've ever slept on is now in my bedroom thanks to Lisa. That's what they do. Lisa took this car salesman aspect out of the mattress shopping business. No longer do you gotta go lay on, no you can't now obviously because quarantine, which is good news, new bed can come, probably wearing out your bed right now, whether it's making love or just laying on your ass doing whatever you gotta do to get through this whole thing. New bed can come in a couple of days, bang in a box to your front door, unpack it, put it in the bedroom. You got the most comfortable mattress you've ever had. And for right now, you get up to $200 off and free shipping at lisa.com. That's L-E-E-S-A.com. It'll be worth it. It's changed our entire sleep. I mean, it's really good stuff. Lady, do you agree? Love it. She loves the mattress. See, lady, she's obviously a lot lighter than I am, smaller than I'm than I am. You would think, oh no, the bed won't be able. They did all the studies. They did all the science. It's great for all body types. Just like this show. Oh, smooth transition, winning awards for that type of stuff. Yeah, in the YouTube comment section, we do YouTube question. I was asked, which three people would I like to smoke, dead or alive? I went with, obviously, Steve Jobs to my right, Snoop Dogg across the table from me, and Tom Brady to my left, strictly because I just heard Tom smoked when he was a freshman in high school, and I would like to get that information. I missed out on Elon Musk mm. and Rogan. Yeah. Elon Musk, obviously, is somebody I'd like to talk to because he's an alien. You know what I mean? Uh, joining us now, let me pivot. Um <laughs> A guy that played in the NFL for 11 years, Super Bowl champ, two-year, two-time Pro Bowler, absolute stud, roll tide, Roman Harper. Yeah! That boy, Roman! Appreciate it, Phil. Hey, and Pat, man, you're not just going to skip over that, bro. If you got a crew like that puffing one up, bro, you got to put me down. (laughs) I didn't know you were into the vitamins, Roman. I, I, you know, I will. I mean, with that group, how, how can you say no? <laughs> <laughs> I agree, man. I, the, you know, Steve Jobs. I just, he's a terrible dad, but I got questions. Obviously, I got questions. <laughs> Snoop. I had to choose between either Snoop or Willie. I went with Snoop strictly because Willie's eighty-five. I'm not sure how active he would be in a conversation. Right. And then Tom. Did you hear his interview with Howard Stern? No. Oh, you got to listen. I, I, this is the first time Tom's ever opened up like this. I heard him swear. He talked about penises. I mean, Tom Brady was <laughs> wide open. Roman, let's talk about you, though, man. You got a chance to play with a lot of great football players. 
Uh, you were a great football player. What do you think separates the great from the good? And do you think there are things that are telling about somebody going into this draft process that's like, you know what, this guy is potentially going to be great or this guy has a chance of maybe be uh, not so good? I think the real determining factor that separates all those guys, because we all know at the NFL, talent is in abundance, right? Talent, everybody has that. But what really separates the guys is really the, the time on task, the work ethic, and really who they are on the inside. Some things that you really can't measure. Like, you don't know that much about that person until you actually see them go to work every day. You see them do the little things in and out every day. The, the things that seem simple to them. I mean, they put work on, in it every day, and uh, they're working on the things that they're not good at, and they're also mastering the talents that they were blessed with every day. So that's very, that's basically Tom said that as well. Do you <laughs> think it's a big deal that a lot of these GMs and scouts, I mean, granted, they saw them at the Combine, but everybody knows the Combine is just a fake conversation. Right now, yeah. these guys can't meet with a lot of these people that are potential draft prospects, people that they're potentially going to invest millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars in and bring into their culture. Do you think that's a much bigger deal than what a lot of people are talking about right now? I think so, because especially like when you get in the, well, you're going to have some first round bust. That's just normal. But when you get to that second, third, fourth round guy where you normally would, hey, this is a good guy. All right. He's a good personality guy. He's a good, you know, coach, coach, coaches love him. He's a great personality. He's going to be a great fit for this locker room. You're not going to know that. Right. You're only going to have to be able to go off of the things that you heard from their college scouts or their college teammates or other coaches where most of the time they don't really shoot you 100 percent straight. So you're really going to depend on your their own scouting staff a lot of all the research that they did on the back half and the early stages of the whole uh, scouting process and really just have to go from it from there but you're going to have a lot of guys that probably going to miss on some things and you're not going to know personality wise or they're going to be a great fit in your locker room I think that's really what's going to kind of separate things and we all know at the end of the day you teams that win long term for eight years in a row or things like that it's all about the mesh of the team and in the locker room like that is where you win at so often and not really all the talent and how much how many people you draft it's all about the locker room fit i i was on a i was on a team that went undefeated until we chose to lose and we lost to the saints obviously <laughs> and then a couple years later hey, is that funny <laughs> I mute him. Can we mute? Uh, and then I was on a team a couple years later that was completely defeated, right? And then I, I so I, yeah. I feel like I are almost completely defeated. I feel like I've been very fortunate enough to realize and see the differences in a incredibly run team and then a team that was like kind of figuring it out. That camaraderie is the biggest X factor. Those teams that are great love each other. They they absolutely love each other. Which brings me to this point: everybody that's ever played with Tua has said he's a great leader. He's loved in the locker room. Same thing with Joe Burrow, by the way. Joe Burrow goes down to LSU. He's beloved in that locker room. The conversation now is all pivoting around the fact, would you rather take Tua or Air Bear? Because everybody thinks the Dolphins are going to take either Tua or Air Bear at five. <laughs> As a Roll Tide guy, I have assumed you've heard incredible stories about Tua. It's unfortunate the amount of injuries he's had, obviously. But that Tua to a T, to a T, to a T video that he put out the other night showing that he's gone through a tornado in Nashville. He had a surgery. He's rehabbing now the coronavirus quarantine. It feels like it feels like Tua is stacking up for a potential big time revenge. Am I inaccurate in saying that? And would you bank on Tua being your guy? I would definitely bank on Tua. Tua being my guy. Look, I got a, a short story about Tua. Look, I had never met the kid, and then I was in South Carolina this year when they, they played in South Carolina. I was in the locker room after the game, 
And he comes up and talks to me and it's like, man, I know so much about you and just completely opens up. And I'm just like, dude, you're the one that's I'm supposed to come talk to you and introduce you. I've been out of this locker room for 14, 15 years. There's no way you should know who I am. But uh, he's a humble kid, man. And he comes from humble beginnings. And all he's ever done has been successful everywhere he's been. Um, and this guy can flat out throw the ball. I would like to. Uh, and I'm going to go away from all the Alabama stuff. Look, just flat out. Which quarterback has gone into games and won the game by throwing the football? That's Tua. Herbert's mm. never really won a game by throwing the football. Last year in the biggest game of the Rose Bowl, he won it by his legs. He wasn't great throwing the ball. I've never really seen him. The best game he actually threw the ball was against Washington. And I was actually at that game because I was visiting my brother and some friends in Seattle. And, you know, so that was his best game. But overall, besides that, I want to see his best game against the best competition and him really light it up. And I think two has done that more often. And you're not going to all of a sudden show up in the NFL and still be able to run the ball as a quarterback unless you Lamar Jackson, which he still had the offense. Everything built around his skill set was what made him successful. It's not just that he's athletic and can run, but everything around him was built to give him success. And are they going to do the same thing with Herbert coming in, right? Are they going to build a whole offense just around him? Where in Oregon, they still ran the ball predominantly and then passed the ball off of that, off of play action, cool. some straight drop back and some other things, but mostly using his legs and his athletic ability. Well, you're 100% right with the Lamar Jackson Baltimore Raven offense because he had some success in his first year there playing, but they went all in with him. Three tight end sets, yeah. bringing in – I mean, they went all in on the mindset. And, by the way, it paid off for him last year. I think Marshall Yonder retiring, I've said this on numerous occasions, is going to be a tough spot to fill. That guy is an absolute mauler, and they, they cut up a highlight reel of an offensive lineman when he retired. And, by the way, there was only, I think, like 15 to 20 touchdowns that were just, let's go right behind Marshall Yonda. I mean, it was just – that'll be intriguing to watch. And you're thinking, Air Bear, they're going to have to do the same for him to have success. And with Tua, everybody says the number one quality a quarterback can have is accuracy. It felt like Tua was one of the most accurate quarterbacks I'd ever seen come through college football. I agree. And not only that, but if you look at the – Little things like everybody wants to talk about Alabama's great receiving quarter they had the last two years, which they really have. That's undeniable. But did you ever see a receiver work hard for a pass? Like he was throwing them open all the time. Now, I know the guys are getting open, but they were never diving for balls. They were never like jumping all crazy or high. It was right in the catching point, right in the basket, and they were able to catch and run. It wasn't like they were diving, having to slide and make a tough catch. No, these guys are catching and running with the ball afterwards and really showcasing their talent. So I think when you take all that into credit, he throws one of the prettiest balls I've ever seen, probably the best deep ball I've seen out of a college quarterback. And the numbers just, they speak for themselves. I don't have to continue to, to defend all this guy that two have done. I don't think he's going to get past number three in the draft. I'm just being honest with you. Lies. I think he... I think he's a lock at three. At the latest, somebody's going to come up and get him because you're not going to fool around and think you're going to wait till number five if you're the Dolphins and two is your guy. I think Herbert will be there at five. I don't think Tua will be there at five. Do, does the, do the injuries, which are noted and four surgeries in a couple years, is a tough look, especially when you're in Alabama and you have a great offensive line and you got all the weapons around you. People say, if you can't stay healthy in that particular environment, how will you stay healthy in a 22-game season? How will you stay healthy in an 18-game season, a 16-game season with grown men who are trying to feed their families coming up? Does that worry you at all, or do you think this is just something he got unlucky in a lot of situations, or were the surgeries not necessarily necessary? <laughs> yes. 
That I think a couple of those ankle surgeries weren't necessarily necessary. They just said, hey, we can do this, get you fixed, and have you back. Do you want to do it? Is that how you feel too? Yes, that is the Alabama thing. Like they, they just started that like three years ago, and Tua just happens to be a product of that because he had two high ankle sprains. And that was a new thing that they started doing uh, there that, you know, if we get a high ankle sprain guy, we're going to have this surgery and it heals him up faster. And we get him back in two to three weeks instead of four to five weeks. So um, I, oh. I definitely think that, that was two of his surgeries right there. Two out of the three that we're talking about was because of that. The hip injury is just a freak accident. Nobody saw that coming when the guy lands on you. And at the end of the day, too, you have to learn how to protect yourself. Understand that you are a value to this team and that it's okay, that you're not going to make every play, every throw is not going to be perfect. And sometimes you got to be able to live to fight another day. I think with the right coaching staff, the right person in his ear, and even the right veteran quarterback presence, right, that's been in, a, been in the pocket, that's been in a lot of wars, that knows when to tuck in, you know, tuck and throw it or spin, you know, slide, get out of the way and get rid of this thing. And hey, in the next series, Trust your defense, and we'll get back out there and able to score again. Some like T.Y. Hilton. I watched T.Y. Hilton do this, and Reggie Wayne did this, and Marvin Harrison did this. Oh yeah, they all slide and get out of the way. They don't. They just get the first down and get down. <laughs> and by the way, in the first, <laughs> the first couple times they do it, they are mocked. They are they are told that they're weak, they're soft, they're not giving it their all for their team, and then you see them start playing for like an entire season. It's like, oh, this guy, instead of getting an extra yard and a half, he decided he wants to play next week. That's that seems to be a smart decision there. Uh, that seems like a smart. Who do you? Here's think? another guy, Greg Olson. With all due respect, start doing that later in his career as well. Just get the first down. He doesn't even care about the yak. You know, early you want to be hard and you want to break tackles. Everybody wanted to be the Jeremy Shockey, gets the helmet knocked off, run the extra 20 yards. I mean, it's it's hype, it's cool, but after so long, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think trades up to get to? The Chargers look like that'd be a great place. I mean, they need a franchise. Now, granted, Tom Telesco was on Get Up yesterday with Granny, and he said Tyrod Taylor's our guy. We're moving forward with him. But that type of star power with Tua could be good for a team that we've been saying and everybody's been saying they're going to have to sell some tickets at some point. Now. I mean, at some point, you got to get a franchise guy. Or do you think they're going to make a move, or do you, who do you think it would possibly be? It's got to be the Dolphins or the Chargers. My surprise pick is the Patriots because I always think they're up to something that nobody ever knows about. So, oh to my me, I- God! <laughs> Could you fathom that he would be so good too, and to get the ball out of his hands so quick? Oh my! Um, to me, happen. that is my that is my that is my my take on it. Is it's going to be the Dolphins? The Chargers or the Patriots. The Patriots are always up to something that nobody ever knows about. And they always come up with the right move at the right time. And they don't have to pay them because they already got that allotted for because the rookie yep. contract's already allotted for the salary cap. Um, you got that old man who's playing for free next year. Who's that, Hoyer? Hoyer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, my. Another quarterback that's out there that hasn't found a home that I'm surprised by that the Chargers didn't go get is a guy that you were teammates with, Cam Newton. How do you feel yep. about what – what do you think – I think Cam Newton is about to really dominate somewhere, but it seems like there's potentially no suitors for the guy. What the hell's going on there? I, I think it's a bad timing thing, right? Like, uh, you know, if everybody would have known that Cam Newton was going to be a free agent when the, when the market opened up, I think he's gone first day, Right. But the fact that nobody knew Carolina was like, oh, he's going to be our quarterback. And then on a random Tuesday, they signed Teddy Bridgewater on like the second day of free agency. Everybody's like, whoa, 
Now, next thing you know, oh, Cam Newton, you can go seek a trade. Well, everybody knows there's no trade value because you're not going to give up anything that, you know, you're not going to keep both of these guys. We know you're going to release them in another week. And now everybody signed their quarterback. We know that Miami wants to go young. They're going to draft. Chargers, they're definitely going to draft a quarterback. And they have Tyrod Taylor, who they're saying they're going to be. So where's the fit? Like, who else needs a quarterback? Cincinnati has Andy Dalton just sitting over there, but we all know they're going to take Joe Burrow. So what is the fit? Uh, I'm looking forward to what Cam's going to do. I think this is an uncomfortable position for Cam. But I think just like Cam done is every, every part of his life, he's always just kind of figured it out and became, became a star just like everything else. And I, I think at some point he's probably going to maybe have to take up a role as a backup guy like Taney Hill did, it's knowing crazy. that, hey, I'm coming in here to compete. And eventually – it, it, but it's going to take a really strong locker room. Oh. Too. Like, who's going to be able to take take a locker room on with Cam Newton as like possible the backup quarterback the or the hats. guy in waiting, right? Yeah, like who's going to be the starting quarterback that's comfortable with that, right? Yeah, so that's another conversation because <laughs> yeah. the the, who, the backup quarterback is probably going to get more interview opportunities and is going to dress better than the starting quarterback. He's going to be bigger, stronger arm, all these other things. Like that's a really tough spot to be for a team to bring in somebody as well. So I think that's also playing a part of it as well. Is like, how can we take this on and not look and still look like we're confident in the guy that we have, but we're going to bring in Cam Newton anyway. And this is not – Cam Newton is nothing like Tim Tebow. And Tim Tebow is nothing like Colin Kaepernick. But this is the conversation that was happening about all of them. Your backup quarterback can't yeah. be a massive distraction for your team because the quarterback – room the quarterback position is a big deal if you have somebody in that room that's a distraction to your team whether it's tim colin and cam newton they might say it because he's a massive personality and very good at football like very <laughs> yeah. good at football i mean that'll be a potential distraction that you could see how teams would be like ah we're not we're not we can't put ourselves in that situation um Last thing before we let you go here, and I can't thank you enough for your time. You're always great on this show, by the way, bro. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it, Pat. Real talk, bro. No problem. Uh, do you have that thing that I see on the internet? It's like uh, this hat that you put on, and then it's a wire that you strap to a wall, and then you work out your neck. <laughs> you look like you could headbutt a wall right now. If you had. Uh, what, do you, what do you – I mean, it, you look – you are a, a – you could still – I think you could go play the XFL if you wanted to. <laughs> I appreciate that because it wasn't going to be the NFL. Thank you for that. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want yeah. secondary. I mean, that's tough. That's tough. Appreciate man. it, dog. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I would definitely say, man, I've always just all of a sudden out of nowhere, I got this really big neck in college, dude. I don't know. It hasn't gone anywhere. My my head is kind of skinny too, so that's another thing that really just oh. just really overplays it. So it's kind of what it is. But I'll take the compliment. See, bro. I, I have mean, such a big. I mean, brain. I, I, somebody started the internet like a website, like Roman Harper's neck, like back in the day. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today with a great conversation, Roman Harper and his neck. Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Pat. Man, roll time, baby. Hey, have a good one, dude. He's like, y'all be good. Yeah, you too, Roman. This is McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. I am Pat McAfee, the first half of that name. The second half of that name, we just found out, is the all time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. Sitting to my left. Yeah, it's. Because uh, you guys like to sarcastically chant my name, at no. times, I've, been, what? I've been getting 
multiple messages online of people having their kids do the same thing, mimicking what you guys do. So I, I appreciate you for that. Well, they always say those little fucking things are just like parrots. They'll repeat anything that they're, ho- or they're told. And I want to tell any kid watching this, make sure that if you're a parent and your kid has any ability to speak, make sure you record him going, I love Tim Tebow and I love AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. I would vomit if I saw a bunch of kids chanting my name. Why'd you uh, Why'd you add Tebow into that mix? I'm honored to be breathing the same sentence as Tim Tebow. Well, you should be. Uh, he put out a motivational uh, video this weekend that I sent to you the day of Easter. I thought you maybe wanted to hear from Tim Tebow, and you said it made your day a lot better. Am I accurate in saying that? Yes, you are very accurate. Did you watch? Can we play that? Did you watch the video I sent you? Yeah. I wanted to save it for the show. Oh, so you didn't watch it? No. <laughs> this guy. I saw it. You know how when you send a video, I, I see it in my text, but when you click on it, then it opens up another page. Like I didn't want to go through the whole rigmarole of opening another oh, page. Oh, the rigmarole. So a link, oh, so a link, AJ? The rigmarole of a, of a text message, okay? I just tried to bring you a little happiness because we got more than one message to this office telling us that we need to check in with you. You didn't look like the same AJ Hawk on Friday as you normally do. So, yeah, you sent me a screenshot of some guy <laughs> that sends you a message saying, uh-huh. hey, love the show. Please check on AJ. He didn't seem like himself. Seems like something's off about him. Just want to give you a heads up. Make sure you check on that guy. Yeah, so I sent you that and a video by Tebow, just in case. What, what was wrong with me on Friday? Well, the guy thought you stunk, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Something he was did. off, yeah. The, the guy said he thought you stunk. Well, good. I'd, I'd rather him think that I stunk on the show and I wasn't able to explain whatever I was thinking than to think like something's physically wrong with me or i may be coming down with something hey speaking of physical i mean those eyes with that blue shirt are you kind of bummed you didn't get drafted to a blue team <laughs> I've, I've literally never thought about my eye color until i started doing this show with you guys well it's literally all we can see is the assassin blue of your eyes right there i mean it's unbelievable <laughs> you look i mean have you seen that with that he did that on he did that on purpose it looks oh, good yeah. Yeah, you did that on purpose. That shovel jawline with those blue eyes with the blue shirt. I mean, you're trying to sell a little sex appeal. I've been gaining pounds, so I'm going the opposite direction. Yeah, why do you have a loose, baggy sweatshirt on today? I don't know. Every once in a while, whenever I, when I wear something big, it makes me feel small. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, what is it? What do you want to wear, horizontal or vertical stripes? Which ones are better? Vertical, for sure. That's why I wore the number one. It made me look thin. If I could have been the 11, I would have. You know what I'm saying? You, just don't, want to wear, you don't want to wear those all whites. We wore Spanx. The Colts, this will be our first conversation. So the Colts uniform is the most traditional uniform. It's one of those ones where any little change is a massive operation because Jim Irsay loves the tradition of the Colts. He likes that the Baltimore Colts were an old school team. He's very much OG football guy. So anytime there's a little bit of a change, we wore a different color helmet one time and it was a big ordeal. They just added a new secondary logo. Now, granted, to get back to your point, We'd wear all white. I mean, it was, I mean, it looked cool, everybody said, I guess. But, boy, if you start gaining them pounds like a punter or a kicker would after the holiday season and they got those 4K cameras, it was a fucking nightmare to wear those all whites on the road. I mean, it was no fun. I'd much rather wear the blue. But they made a secondary logo, which they had to clear in the video, in the presentation. They are like, listen, 
Horseshoe will always be our logo, always and forever. We are the Horseshoe. Now, with that being said, we did create a new logo. It'll be our secondary logo for branding and stuff like that. And I'm going to be honest. There's always a mixed result of humans on how they feel about things. I didn't absolutely hate this one. I didn't absolutely hate it. I think it'll look cool on a hat. I'd assume that's where it's going to go on a hat and a shirt and a hoodie and things like that. What do you think about that secondary logo there? You see the state of Indiana in the middle. It's a horseshoe. Turn that song bitch sideways. You see the C for the Colt. I mean, it's an interesting little thing. It, it seems to be a merch move, but I don't mind it that much. Do you hate it? No, I don't hate it. It's fine. I, I'm just, I wonder why so many teams seem to be switching their jerseys up, having different alternate. Obviously, I know it's about money, but was this like a year or two in the making, or is this something that they've decided to jump on now that the world is where it is right now? I don't know. I would assume it took them a little while to create this. This isn't something, the Colts, any massively storied franchise, it's going to take a while anytime you want to make a change. And in their unveiling, they had an entire video. They're like, hey, this is our primary logo. We want to let you know the horseshoe is not going anywhere. This is just our secondary logo. If you see it, it is a Colts affiliate. And then obviously the historic logo. But I don't mind to see it. All. I, I actually can't wait for a hat with that thing on it. I'm pretty pumped up about a. I see like maybe a gray hat with that thing right on top of it there. I got a big brain, so hats don't always fit. It would have to be the right one. But I, I see that on a hat. I think it's a good move by them. Yeah, it's fine. It is so will they have a couple games during the season, like for their color rush nights, where they wear that secondary logo on their helmet? Great question. It's color rush every time it's a weight game, anyways. It's just all white, so it's it's. I don't know. I don't know. The it's like an added. But whenever you play that, what Thursday night NFL yeah. Network slash Fox game, they always it's kind of like an alternate all white, all it's all one solid color usually. I'm a big color rush fan. I like the way it looks out there. Now, some of them are just absolute dog shit, but some of them are very, very good. I like the all-one color uniform. I think I'm a big fan of that. I, I think if somebody goes all black, I like it. Like everybody made fun of the Falcons or whatever, but I didn't mind it. Yeah, the mean machine, obviously prisoners playing football, and it's all that stuff, but I like the all-black look. Like I, I enjoy that type of stuff. Yeah, I do. Guys get excited about it, too. I, when I was in high school, we had two different options for pants and two different options for our jersey. So our coach, depending on how we were playing, we always wanted to wear all black at home. But if we weren't winning by as much as our coach felt like we should have, we didn't get to wear all black. Oh, so all black was a celebration. Yeah. Hey, we're all black if you guys are up to snuff. Yeah, and if we're not playing well, we're going to wear gold pants, white jerseys. That was like the, oh, the lowest of the rung. That's like at West Virginia, we had a lot of different options. And anytime those gold and white was out there, we knew something was wrong. We looked terrible. You knew Rich Rod was, was upset, huh? I'll tell you what, motherfuckers. Where's he at now? He's a free agent currently. He will be. I thought he was going to be a head coach this year. I thought he was going to be a head coach this year somewhere. I thought Ole Miss was going to take him, Mississippi State, one of those teams that lost their coach on the SEC where he had a lot of success this past year with old uh, that Rise Plumley, I believe his name is. I can't remember his games. I should know that. The quarterback, he was a freshman. Anyways, he had a lot of success in the SEC, and I think, obviously, the PR thing that happened and the decisions he made don't help him much, but I thought he would be a head coach because all that matters is winning games, but turns out it might not matter anyways. Ohio State AD said, 
if fans can't be there whacking the players. There might not be a damn season. Is that what everybody's saying is there might not be a damn season? Getting floated yeah. around. Kirk Herbstreit came out a couple weeks ago, and he sounded like a real fear monger. People were going after our guy Herbie there. Then, obviously, he was potentially going to Monday Night Football. He was not listed as the commentators for the draft, April 23rd through the 25th. It'll be Trey Wingo, Mel Kuyper, Lewis Riddick, Booger McFarland, Rich Eisen, Daniel Jeremiah, Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, Susie Colbert, Adam Schefter, and Chris Mortensen. So somehow our guy Herbie has been left off of this list. Is it because he came out and said there might not be a season you think that's why maybe or maybe it could be the fact that they're waiting kirk's going to be like a surprise where they go to in a little lull during the uh the broadcast and they go to him and they formally announce he and fowler as the new booth for monday night so that could be a good little pr thing for espn why would it be I don't know. There's a lot of college football people that would be pissed if they go. They to- don't care about college football. He's still going to do college. He said there's no way he just does that. He's going to continue. If he, if he takes a Monday night gig, it would be in addition to what he's already doing. I can understand. Uh, somebody in the comments just said the color rush look like pajamas. <laughs> hmm. Some me. teams. Some teams look bad. You know the best uniforms out there ever? Bears. Hmm. The Bumblebee Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind them. I like them. The Bumblebee Steelers are my favorite, are my absolute favorite, just because they look so fucking ridiculous. Whenever <laughs> They do not look like an NFL jersey when they're out there. It looks like something out of a movie. It looks like something out of back in the day, and I'm like, I think, I think we played against them when they were wearing the Bumblebees, and they hung 100 on us, I think, at one point. I like those Bumblebee jerseys. The Packers have one, too. They have that one where it's like just the, uh, yeah, the Acme Packers ones. Yeah, that one. Did you guys ever wear that whenever you were there? Yeah, we wore it a few times, and the best part when we wore those throwbacks, we they you put them in a bag and you take them home right after the game. They they let you have them. Ooh. Like I have pictures of my one buddy after one of my games in the in my living room, in my kitchen, hammered drunk, and he put my full uniform on, had blood all over the pants and everything. <laughs> and he's doing push ups. I gotta find them. <laughs> Did you get to take your jerseys after each season? No, you. I, when I left Green Bay, uh, they gave me the option to buy them. I bought a couple of my helmets and some of my jerseys. Yeah, see, I don't know if that wasn't an option or I just didn't know about it. You I just s- put it in your bag and took off? No, no, I didn't. I tried not to. I was voted captain in my fourth year or whatever by the team. Mm-hmm. And um, that was, yeah, yeah. So like the um, <laughs> So it was the year that Chuck was sick. So Bruce was the interim head coach, and he had a team vote. And I think, by the way, I think Bruce Aarons actually, I don't want to say, like, listen to the team vote, but I think he listened to the team vote. It was me, Robert, Andrew, and I forget somebody else or whatever. And uh, since I'd been with the Colts for a little bit, I know how the game is. Like, if you give a – you can't – there's no jersey exchange. There was no – you don't take your jersey. Like, you just give it back. Like, there's, there was – I don't want to say penalties, but it did seem like that. That year where I had the, uh, the captain or whatever on my jersey – I was like at the end of the year after we lost, I think it was a playoff game, uh, they were coming to collect all our stuff. And I told our equipment manager, I'm like, uh, they're never going to let me be captain of this team again, so I'm going to steal this jersey right now. And he was like, well, why'd you tell me? I was like, I'm just going to tell you you're not getting this jersey. I'm taking it. He was like, do you want your alternate one then too? I was like, yeah, I'll steal both of them. He's like, you're going to get charged for these. I was like, I don't care. I just know I'm never going to get this captain again, so I would like it. So they gave me the equipment managers who were my dudes. Gave me both jerseys, and then they gave me the alternate C's, too. There's like a camouflage C and like another C. They're like, here you go. If you ever want to sew them on yourself, here you go. I was like, they're never going to let me get voted captain again, so I just 
<laughs> Huck them and stole them in my bag, and then we got out of there. How much does that cost? Like the helmets and all that stuff, like for yeah. you guys. I never got an opportunity to buy the. They took a couple thousand though. They would charge what Damn. for the for the jerseys and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's a couple thousand. I mean, it depends how many you get. I think each one's at least four or five hundred bucks though. Colts no. played no games. Like the trading of jerseys, it was finable offense. Like the whole thing. I mean, they had they played. Yeah. We, in Green Bay, we didn't trade jerseys when I was there. It was a big deal. It was like, hey, we don't, we don't. That's not the way we operate here. Yeah, I know that's your best friend, and maybe you guys grew up together, and this is like your dream come true to play against each other in the NFL. But we don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> we do not care. Don't do it. Didn't even think about trading jerseys. And then after I retired, it seemed like every human on every team was trading jerseys with every person. Nope. The equipment managers would bring some people multiple jerseys to trade. It looked like on television. That was insane to me. It didn't, I didn't really understand. Lamar Jackson handed out, what, nine jerseys against the Jets this year. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. I would assume Lamar has to pay for those, too. It's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Somebody- Maybe they were, Hopefully he was giving them jerseys from, like, the pro shop, the, the huge, like, 4X jersey they'd make <laughs> yeah. you wear if you went and did something on a Tuesday at a, at a local school. Like, oh, hey, we brought you a jersey, and the thing goes down to your elbows like it's a hockey sweater. It was so big. <laughs> Community Tuesday. Yeah, they used yeah. to have me like go speak at things. They're like, "We'll bring a jersey for you to wear," and I'm like, uh, "I'll go buy my own." Because they would literally give you a seven. I had like a seven X. It was just hanging down there. Like, I'll oh, tuck it in. I'm like, oh, tuck it. <laughs> got me on the news looking like a fucking fool right now. They're like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. You wear a jersey, you look fine. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's an article from NBC Sports that players are charged 500 bucks for jerseys. Yeah, and that's if you're not getting fined too. Mm-hmm. On top of it, I mean, it's just like. Zion traded with somebody. I forget who it was. Zion traded with somebody, and it was an it was a veteran player. Walked over, asked for his jersey, took it off. Zion didn't ask the guy for his jersey, just walked off. <laughs> oh yeah, Javale McGee. Yeah, I've never seen anything as awesome as that. Like, yeah, take it, man. Get the fuck away from me, by the way. <laughs> McGee's like, you want? Uh, nah, forget it. I probably wouldn't if I were you either. Would you want a basketball player's shoes? I've seen that, like where LeBron takes his shoes off and hands them to a kid on the way out. Like, think how sweaty and nasty they are in that moment. Like, yeah. I would take him home and throw them through the washer and they're size 15 17 18 they're never gonna be able to wear them i, I want to be like not gonna wear, I, they probably don't want to wear them but like how do you even find a shelf to put those things on they're so big <laughs> it's a big shelf i agree those are like size 18 shoes yeah imagine getting shacks yeah shack i would like shacks i could have my you could have young infants sleep inside of shacks shoes <laughs> <laughs> doesn't no didn't he gave his shoes to somebody who was just there's bigger there's bigger shoes out there th- bigger feet than Shaq I think Bobon I think there's bigger feet than Shaq out there Manute Bowl remember him oh yeah oh, yep. yeah he had mm-hmm. tape that thing up there too you know what I mean oh he did I didn't know about that <laughs> swinging around in between his legs biggest shoe size in the NBA right now goes to Boston Taco Fall four times bigger than Shaquille O'Neal's. Four times? That's not what it says right here. He's got seven foot long (laughs) shoes. Four sizes. Or four sizes bigger. Yeah, 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 not four times. (laughs) The guy's foot is actually four (laughs) and a half feet big. (laughs) His feet. Unbelievable. Four four sizes bigger than him. Shacks, yeah. Hey, Pat, do you have a lot of guys come up to you, like, say, a father of a kid who maybe fifth or sixth grade and they like to brag to you about how the shoe size of their kid no it happens to me a lot i don't know why that's a like, hey, look at him he's like look at timmy fifth grade already in size 13 and he's like what about you what size shoe were you wearing in fifth grade i'm like i don't know fours i only wear 12s now so he's much his feet are bigger than mine as a 35 36 year old and i'm like you might want to and then you can see like the gap between his heel and how he has five inches of extra space he's just sliding around those things and i want to be like 
you know putting those big old shoes on him doesn't that makes him worse his feet are not gonna he's not gonna have quick feet like you don't want gigantic feet like that would you did you play any other sports growing up or was it just football yeah no it was football baseball basketball how was your shot pretty good yeah it was point guard oh well oh you still got it a little bit can't really stop and start or elevate like i want to off, off a off a bum knee and ankles and feet, but I, I can still do it a little bit. I don't really, I don't mess around. I don't play pickup ball. Like that's just painful to think he of. He was liquid Drano from the office. Really? Oh, yeah. No, I was no, terrible. He actually. stunk. Terrible. <laughs> well, you I was st- terrible out there in, in your in your funhouse. Well, it's office. It's actually McAfee Global Headquarters. Actually, for the day, <laughs> it's where it's being titled. I'm in a big Madden tournament. I, I'm not allowed to talk about it, but I would like to talk about it. <laughs> Can we talk about it? Well, they don't know if it's going to happen. I, I think there's a lot of question marks on whether or not it's going to happen. Some big names in this Madden tournament, and it's the only reason why I'm, I've never played a game of Madden in my life. I played one ga- I'm sorry. I played one game of Madden my entire life, and my brother beat me in the last second by taking a punt to the house, turn around, back to his house, turn around, back to the house again, and I said, I'm never fucking playing this game again. And I didn't until now against Tiny Boy. <laughs> How did that come about where you're playing two chains head-to-head in Madden? <laughs> I really don't know. And I'm not 100% sure if it's going to happen or not. Like, that's why I'm not allowed to talk about it. Like, why? Has he not given, like, a firm confirmation? It's a whole tournament, and, and I think they're very confused on whether or not everybody's going to show up or not. Because I, I guess there's a lot of rather large names being addressed here. And I guess anytime you have those types of people involved, there's a chance that schedules could conflict and change. Is there any way you could hand the controls over to somebody there and let them play for you so you advance? We did think about that, but it turns out like I have to be pretty rigorous about like paying attention or we'll get caught, and it, that's a bad look, I guess. Because you're going to be on screen, right? Yeah, our first thought was I'm handing the sticks to Ty. I got some dummy sticks, like tummy sticks, and I'm just bouncing around, <laughs> talking shit to 2 chains. But I guess if he and I are on the same page, it'll be very apparent, and we don't want to piss off Titty Boy. True. Yeah, you, I wonder if he's good. It depends if he, I'm sure he has more experience playing the game than you do. He's better than I am. I know. I just played uh, two quarters upstairs here before we got live on the air. I think I got it figured out. Two quarters in. Can't wait. Is it going to be on Twitch? I need to be Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be the Baltimore Ravens. If he takes, if if anybody takes, if two chains takes Lamar Jackson, I'm in a bad spot. I'm in a bad spot. I probably just gave it away. He's probably watching right now. Titty oh, yeah. Boy's probably one of the fifty. Definitely guys. watching. If he is, tell him to call in. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm different. Hey, has he been putting out uh, anything lately? Oh, like, I'm going to ask can... him. I'm like, yo, can we get a quarantine uh, demo, guys? A little bit of something, something for people out here trying to battle through quarantine? Hey, so what am I watching on quarantine when I see all these clips pop up online of, like, Diddy and doing, like, they're just, da- like, there's side-by-side screenshots. Like, are they just on IG Live talking? That's Instagram Live. Everybody on Earth is live on Instagram Live. Everybody. It, it, you can't even scroll through Instagram without somebody popping up on top has, is going live and you accidentally click on it every once in a while and you're the only person in there and now it gets weird and then you got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> it turns out you can mute all these people, though. I didn't know that. You, you can, can also turn off those notifications. Really? Yeah. Need that yesterday. <laughs> Need, I was in a couple I shouldn't have been in yesterday couple i shouldn't have been in 
couple religious ones I shouldn't have been in. Were you, really? in the, were you in the Diddy one when Lizzo popped up? No, I didn't see the Diddy one. I saw that he went live, she but I saw the video today. Lizzo started twerking with Diddy, and Diddy uh-huh. stopped it. Diddy was like, excuse it's me. Family, family, right? This is family-oriented well, IG Live. Well, and then yeah. a little bit later, Drea uh, of uh, Real Hip Hop and uh, You Get It, she was in there, and she's a little, some would say a little bit more attractive than Lizzo, uh, and she was twerking all over Diddy's IG Don't Live, and he did not stop it. He Maybe he just didn't see the second girl twerking. Oh, no, no, yeah, he was he was, he was promoting and intently and, uh, happy to see. Kind of a shot at Lizzo. Is everyone across the bars? Is what everybody's saying at Lizzo? Can't do it. Can't do it to Lizzo. She's too popular right now. Is she? I don't know. Me neither. She has that. She had her first hit. I know that was big, and then she's had a few follow ups, hasn't she? She had that ass out at the Lakers game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was trending. A little too her much. ass was. <laughs> yes, and the IG live incident. Well, yeah, it's because Diddy, Diddy was trending, right? Well, it was just Lizzo. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's not good for Diddy. Because Diddy was on there with LeBron, too. Really? What did he say to LeBron? Yeah, Bron? LeBron and Bronny, they were hanging out, dancing around. Just dancing the whole time? Yeah. This is that TikTok. Everybody's just should we do it? T- should we do this tonight on your IG Live? Nah. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> were you? Do you want to do it or not? Yeah, you call me up tonight on IG Live. I'll answer. <laughs> No, you call me up on IG Live. I didn't know I was allowed to. I was able to turn off those notifications. How do I do that? Get me the hell out of here. Probably in the setting somewhere. Bingo. I rolled into Gary V's. I might have been the first one in there. And I was like, oh, I thought he saw me. Did he me. say anything? Did he see you pop up? I thought he saw me. I got. I tried. I was like, get me out of here. And they, they don't let you out, by the way, because they don't want you out because they want you in there. So it's like hard to get out. I was doing the screen and I had to hit the X. <laughs> what was he doing? Rifling through baseball cards or? Oh, come on. Beanie babies. I love oh. Ty. Ty's attitude towards everybody just makes me happy. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Ty, I have to tell you. So there's a clip from our Friday show, I believe. Oh, yeah. I sent that to somebody who's a fan of the show and might be Pat's best friend, and I think he enjoyed it. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, hey, that's big for time what you is. just said right there. Right, he said, wow. That's all he said. <laughs> he just started calling you out of nowhere. Give me your Lou Holtz. <laughs> Get me the hell out. I just turned those off. Oh, that that would never happen to me again. There you go. That would never happen to me again. But what if you stumbled upon somebody that you may not on your own search out and you're like oh this is actually really good i didn't really know what this person did won't happen that won't happen <laughs> willing Let's, to live with that uh, yeah that. i'm okay with me that, that mm-hmm. won't happen everybody's ig lives are terrible i saw somebody on an account that had 20.8 million followers and there was only 312 viewers whenever i just so happened to go in there and i was like probably ain't it because i almost wrote that in the comments get the fuck out everybody <laughs> This is not good. This is what not- do you do? What's the reason behind it? Like, do from what I've seen when people are on IG Live, they just they're just looking at who is entering the room and talking to, like, responding to a couple comments. Reggie Wayne and Ed Reed go live every night. Worth a watch, by the way. Oh, yeah. Worth a watch because their conversations hilarious OGs. And then every once in a while, whenever people show up in the chat, they get roasted by Reggie and, and, and it's, it's a good one. Ed Reed and Reggie go live on a regular basis. I'll enjoy that one. There's a couple other ones that I'll, 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 I'll poke my head into, but other than that, I don't really find it that uh, Is Scott Storch still going. Still oh, that's my guy. Now is the beat. Storch, yeah, man on the piano. I love he's, he's legit. Bro, he's always got that cone sticking out of his mouth, too, and he's always like, wait, man, I got to He buried Manny Fresh in that beat battle, the first one. I'll check that out. That's, sorry, 
I'll go into that Instagram live world whenever there's a beat battle well, happening. Those, those people are very talented, like showcasing their, their skills for not, free. Not all of them. Some of them got hustled into that thing, and they should not have been in there. Because if the Scott Storch train shows up on their IG live, toot, toot, they're getting knocked right off the track. There's some people with some terrible music that are in that thing. But Scott Storch, I don't even know who he was. I guess he loved the drugs, but he made basically every banger that has ever existed, that guy. I just thought he – I knew him like as a producer. I didn't yeah. know – he what band was he in? He was the the keyboard player for who? Roots. The Roots, yeah, like a legit big time band. Scott like, I didn't Storch know he was, was that in the Roots. Talented. Says it on his Wikipedia. So Zito's a, a, a Zito fact check. I did not know Scott Storch know. was in the Roots. I knew him like AJ says, a producer. You'd always hear uh, like Fat Joe shout him out at the beginning of the song. Mm-hmm. Fat Joe loves Scott Storch. Yeah. He's also Fat Joe very active in the IG Live comment section when his boy Scott Storch is competing against said Manny Fresh or something along those lines. I had no idea who he was, and then he popped up on my Explore page, and I saw him with his glasses on a on a piano. And there was smoke coming. I was like, this feels like my type of thing. And then I just went into a rabbit hole. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is the guy that made every banger from back in the day. And then he loved uh, drugs too much. And then he's coming back. And I, I like a good comeback story. He is. He really is making a comeback, I feel like. But what did you? I'm surprised you were able to turn away from the, the horse game that was on TV. Was that on ESPN? Yep. Hey, mm-hmm. people are saying the worst thing ESPN has ever put on their on their channel. But you got to give them credit, I guess, for taking a shot, right? Yes, I, I believe the idea was good, the concept was good, execution was just terrible. It was half-assed. It was just, it, if it was a Zito production, I think people would have watched it. I think it would have got a much better response. But I like the idea, I like the concept. The tech didn't help them out much, and I believe they needed maybe some music in the background, maybe a little energy commentary on there, maybe a little cut. Let's fast forward HOR to HOR. Here's a good part. You know, I I I just don't think there was enough. The execution, I don't think, really fell. But I like that they were trying to shoot their shot. You're 100% right. I like that they were attempting something. That, in particular, just was, uh, was uh, trash bag. I give them credit for taking a shot, but couldn't you come up with something other than horse? Like, if I was in person, yes. I wouldn't care to watch anybody play horse. Mm. Well, I think Paul Pierce maybe is my new favorite guy. I mean, if that means anything. What did he do? He just... <laughs> He gave very little effort, and I, I like that a lot. It was like, raining. I like that he gave very, very, very little effort. Trey Young, new rich guy, hasn't taken care of his basketball court yet. He got this big-ass house, hasn't taken care of the driveway yet. Cause... <laughs> what is that? What happened? Get the oh, torch on. shot. Get the torch shot. <laughs> oh, my God. What was that thing? It's, it's just I got a couple of different lighters. I, I ran out of. That's not a lighter. That is a torch that you just busted out right there. Meld metal with. Well, it's still on actually. It's is that still a like fake? Out. Is that a TIG melt? Is that a TIG welder? I mean, it could, no. I think it's made for desserts. <laughs> oh, for some creme brulee. Yeah, for some brulee. How long can that thing shoot for? Hold that thing off a little bit. Probably like three seconds. No, no, Runs I'm talking about length. If you hold that thing like out here, would it reach? Oh, it is a lot. The best is when you just fill it up. I'll try. It shoots a huge fireball. Like Ooh. it's not just the, oh. the blue butane. <laughs> That's good. Get so it out, Elon Musk. You can't see it all. It's it's long though. No, no, back it up a little bit more. See if we can get a little bit long range. Back what up? Like pull it away from there. That Let's thing. see how far it is. You can't see it. No, but if it. Let's get the cigar still. Yeah, right how there. Far? How far? 
Oh, 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 that horse show is bad. It was tough to watch. We all tried. Everybody tried. I think everybody in America tried to watch it because it was premier. I, I didn't even know it was happening. But then when you heard it was happening, did you give it a look, see? I, I heard it was happening today when I found the fallout from it. Yeah, see. Okay, this is where I'm at right now. How are we going to do this show? You listen, don't even know what's going on. I went on. and found it this morning when I saw people talking about it. But with this is my thing right now with the sports channels. I don't naturally just go to them all the time because there's no live sports happening right now. So I'm like, okay, they don't really have much to offer right now. Me neither. Me neither. But you just do one scroll through Twitter and you, everybody's like, horse stinks. This stinks. Horse shit more like. I mean, you start going through, you're like, oh, I forgot that horse thing's happening. And then you go straight to it. It's like, why is everybody hating on this? And you watch, you're like, ah, oh, good idea. Shout out to Conley's gym, by the way. Mike Conley might be the MVP next year with that gym that he has in his backyard. Absolutely incredible. And then you start watching the tech and the freeze and the talk and the boringness. It's just like, okay, I see why everybody hates this. We how long was it? Like, how long of a production? Seven hours, eight hours, maybe. I mean, it, it was a full on. It was, it was less electric than Diggs walking for 40 miles is what people said. And that's just something you can't have whenever you're trying to do an internet show. Well, it's tough, I guess, when everybody else like has different Wi-Fi connections. Some people are out, a lot of people are, they're all outside except for Conley. It looked like that was an indoor gym he had that was fully professional, nasty. And then the the poor WNBA girl had the the rollaway hoop set up in her driveway. <laughs> That's Tamika catching. She's out here in Indiana too. It is very breezy out here. Very 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 breezy. And she was yelling at her nephew at one point for not filming it properly. There was I mean, a wind advisory yesterday. There was yeah an actual wind advisory in Indiana. Basically every day Indiana. Basically every day it's windy. I, I came here in uh, what 2009. I think I've experienced maybe two days where there hasn't been wind in Indiana. You just you just forget what it's like. It's pretty tough to shoot out there. It's like shooting on those aircraft carriers when what Duke plays North Carolina to start the basketball season. Yeah, she lost. Or whoever they play, I don't she, know. She lost pretty bad to Conley. I mean, she had no chance, no hope, but she lost pretty bad. Not by her no, fault, by the no way. No dunking, though, right? That was a rule? No dunks? Yeah, Levine did this. Uh, that's when I fell in love with Paul Pierce again. He, he did this slap off the backboard with your left hand, reverse layup with your right hand, and he did it like so easy. I mean, it was like he was... He just kind of handed it in. Paul Pierce went, jumped up, slapped the backboard, and then just threw the ball sideways <laughs> and then just kind of landed and walked it off. And I was like, I love it. He's, he made a complete mockery out of the thing. And that's yeah. why I like Paul Pierce. That's Good for him. He's like, hey, man, I'm under contract with ESPN. I want those paychecks to continue to come in. I got an email. That's why I'm here. I'll do your little game, I guess. I'll do your little game. Mike's a heck of a setup, though, he has. Is he out in Cali? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Only court in L.A. with the Celtics logo. That's hey, what he was saying. Have you seen Drew Brees's? Um, have you seen Drew Brees's backyard setup? Wherever that's at. Yeah, a little bit. He always puts like his kids playing basketball. That whole thing. You mean? Yeah, pretty nice setup there. I, uh, yeah, is that San Diego? I have no idea. I've learned that my backyard needs a little bit of a pick me up. That's what I've learned. Your backyard's nice. I agree, but all these toys that these people have—they have like full courts and then like this going into this. Mine's Do you really want a full basketball court, though? Like, how often would you use that? It's for the kids. That's what the office is for. Yeah, you have that in your office. Yeah, there was a guy named Out of the Sal. wind. There's a guy named Sal that had to eat a couple bullets this weekend on Twitter, <laughs> by the way. What happened? He's a BFS. He was, <laughs> he was uh, Get Up put out a, um, a picture of all of the people that appear on Get Up for each month of the year, and it said, whoever you're – 
is on your birth month or whatever. That's who you got to play in horse. And how? what's the outcome? And this guy named Sal, it, poor him. I mean, a lot of people said that they were going to beat me easily, but Sal was the one that was just right at the top of my scroll. So I clicked on Sal's profile and I looked at him a little bit and I was like, Sal has not done physical exercise in 14 years. I don't know why he's saying he's going to beat me mighty easily. So I said, Sal, dot, dot, dot. When was the last time you shot a basketball? And he said, one month ago with my, my nephew or whatever. So I let him know that he asked me when I shot. And I said, I have a fucking court in my office. I put up 100 shots a day, Sal. You and your fucking nephew would have horse five shots into the damn thing and i don't want your bfs ever commenting under my shit again <laughs> kind of felt bad kind of felt bad kind of felt bad for yeah. for sal yeah. but there's a lot of people out there that i think think they have good shots and watching that horse game made me feel good about our jumpers in this office because the best of the best were even missing some very easy shots that you don't normally see out of nba people what's when you see other people a non-nba people shoot it to me, I don't even care as much how many they make. It's how what it looks like. when, like, Say a guy is shot putting the ball up there, just a terrible athlete, but he makes a few of them. I'm not like, oh, he looks good. It's like Conor McGregor. Do you watch when Conor was at Madison Square Garden and threw that? He made, I think he made a three, but it was the nastiest looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Have you seen him throw a football? Yeah, that was not great. I mean, it was like this right here. You know what I appreciate about you, Pat? When you... <laughs> Like mimic other people, or you you show us what other people are doing. You actually use the right hit. Like he's lefty, so you use your left. Like nothing is more annoying when someone's like, "Oh, hey, watch me imitate Phil Mickelson," and they're swinging right-handed. I'm like, "No, you have to do. You can't." His nickname's show Lefty. Me. His yeah. nickname's Lefty. You idiot. Yeah, the guys like, "Oh, hey, look at this. this is how Steve Young used to drop back," and the dude's going right-handed. I'm like, "No." By the way, he used to sprint backwards. You remember that? Yeah, he did. He did a full back sprint. Every time you stand up, I think you're about to choke the mic. I will. I will. You know I will. It's only, it's Monday. Let's ease into it. Hmm. Hmm. Is that Mike talking shit? Is it? Why haven't we played the? We still haven't played the Tebow video. I don't think the boys got it. I think uh, that was just a message for me to you. I don't think that was for the entire thing. I have a different Tebow video. Is it? It's not the same one you guys are talking about. Well, if we if I play it, uh, we're gonna have to minimize AJ. Why? Because uh, we only have one uh, input to play sound and video. Let's just put it on the whole screen. Yeah, <laughs> we, we just gotta minimize it though. So uh, you have to go full screen, and I gotta send a link over there. Never mind. <laughs> huh? That is a Zeno production though. By the, look how clear this shot is. Right, much better. Then the horse game on ESPN. Look how clear it is. But if we want something else, we're going to have to <laughs> transport files. We're going to have to maybe unplug, plug her back in, take it out, blow on it, actually bring Tebow in to the camera, have him do a thing, and then we send it up and at that. Right? That right, Zito? Oh, yeah. Zito production will work, but it, 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 there's certainly some questionable ways about it. Amen. Well, Zito, I mean, poor Zito, you just come up with these ideas off the top of your head, and then all of a sudden he's got 6,000 cables running throughout the whole <laughs> office trying to set up cameras for five days so you guys can chip golf balls at a wooden plank. That's also how his brain's wired. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> also how the business operates and keeps these lights on. You ever heard of it, AJ? You ever you see these lights up here? You, yeah. ever, see, you ever see it? Oh, yeah. I've been there. Full crescent. Yeah, you pissed in that bathroom right over there. Mm-hmm. You know that water bill that you didn't use because you refused to use the flushing stuff? He just peed on the floor. Trying to save you some money. <laughs> <laughs> I 
appreciate that. Um, Kyle Larson said the N-word on uh, an iRacing event and uh, has currently been suspended without pay, and he has put out an apology. Do we have the apology? Oh, I have the other video. Do we have the apology? <laughs> I do not. So that's no. Did, wait, did he did he realize instantly what he said? Um, no, but I think everybody else in the thing did. So he literally just put out an apology. Um, let me grab it here. Let me get the apology here. He so I'm not gonna play it because I don't want that word associated with our thing at all. He literally just tweeted out an apology. Let me find it. Let me find it. Got it right here. You want me to just play it into the mic? Yes, please. Yeah, I just want to say I'm sorry. Um, you know, last night I made a mistake and said the word that should never, ever be said. And um, you know, there's no excuse for that. You know, I wasn't raised that way. You know, it's just an awful thing to say and i feel very sorry for my family my friends my partners the nascar community and especially the african-american community you know i understand the damage is probably unrepairable and you know i own up to that um but i just want to let you all know how sorry i am and you know i hope everybody is is staying safe during these crazy times thank you well, COVID-19, best wishes there at the end by Kyle Larson. Really appreciate him looking out for everybody. He's done. That guy's done for. Absolutely, absolutely done. Hard R there at the end. I mean, he went, He said it. I mean, there's a lot of people that told me in the first hour, like, you must not listen to a lot of streams. And if you think what he said was bad, I'm like, I don't, by the way. And if I was to listen to something that just had a bunch of Caucasians saying the N-word all the time, guess what I probably wouldn't do on a regular basis? Watch said thing, because that is just buffoonery. And uh, I would assume Chip Ganassi has already suspended him from Chip Ganassi uh, Racing. That apology I mean, this guy's comeback is going to be one that'll be interesting to watch because I think it's going to be a, quite a rocky road for the guy. You just can't say said word that he said and be taken seriously in the society that we currently live in and have ever lived in because it's one of the most... No, it is the worst word potentially ever said by white people. Absolutely. And the scary thing is if he says this on a live stream during a race, like oh. how many times... Oh, it's not the first time. It didn't just slip out. No, that thing came out real smooth. I mean, it was like that was his go-to almost. It's like, oh, there's a guy that's never been friends with a black person before. Okay, there, that's what I just noticed right there. That is just a, uh, it's a sad situation. I said this during uh, the first show. I was a minority in my workplace for 12 years, uh, four years in college, eight years in the NFL. And that experience has taught me a lot about a lot of things that have happened in this world. You know, you get a, a chance to learn about a completely different culture and the backgrounds of the culture and the things that kind of make that culture tick. I was very fortunate to do that. And as a Caucasian, it's just like, yo, that word just cannot be said because of all the pain it has caused in the past. Whether people will ever understand that or not, I'm not 100% sure, but boy, Kyle Larson just, just let that thing fly out there. Can you hear me? Well, especially can, in NASCAR. Hey, can you hear me? I mean, it's just, I mean, wow. Just an aggressive. What, what about NASCAR when they're dying for new fans? Like, they uh, need people to tune in. People, like, it's so hard to get sponsorship for cars out there, especially for a full season. Who is going to, what company is going to put their name on this guy's car? Well, Austin Styles in the comment section just reminded us that Kyle is Asian. So, oh, does that change it? I'm not answering that question. I don't think yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know. No. I am cock 
Asian. <laughs> Cliff Averill said no. Cliff Averill did say no. Uh, my lady Sam is South Korean. I'm not 100% sure uh, she's ever said the word, but uh, we'll let Kyle figure out whether or not she can. I guess that is something. <laughs> you said you love a comeback story. Is this a, something that you can come back from? I like a comeback story when you've been screwed. Not when you or, screw or yourself. You, something like a guy that was an alcoholic, drug addict, and all of a sudden he builds his life back up. That Those are the fun comeback stories. Yeah, because even though you did screw yourself, you realized it, hit rock ball, and came back. In this particular fashion, just not having the awareness of the amount of hatred that spews with that word is just very interesting. I, I think Kyle Larson, you know, hey, by the way, a lot of people knowing that the uh, NASCAR had an iRacing event this weekend that nobody else probably knew about, huh? Excellent. There's Excellent. a little, little piece of PR there. Nobody's talking about that. Kyle Larson just took an entire life hit, you know what I mean, for uh, the good of his sport, even though he's coming out as a despicable, despicable individual. Ohio State Athletic Director says, if it's not safe for the fans, then why is it safe for the athletes? What a question here. What a question being raised by a guy who has a lot of money to be made off of games being played without fans. A lot of television deals are keeping a lot of companies afloat right now. That is just a factual statement because there's no live events. There's not a lot of stuff. Television deals are keeping people going. The thought that college football could go on without fans was always an interesting one to me because college football teams have like a 115 kids on the team, let alone the equipment staff, the athletic staff, the doctors that'll be there, and the coaching staff. That's like 150 to 175 people per sideline. That's over 300 humans, obviously. If it's good enough for 300 people to be on the same field as each other, running into each other, hitting each other, shaking each other's hands, why can't 100,000 people be there? That is a question I always had, and I'm happy that the athletic director, Gene Smith, from the Ohio State, raised the same question. Makes them look good. And if they're not going to classes, if students aren't going to school and these kids are just there to be athletes isn't it hard to say that they're student human athletes and not just being used and exploited for their athletic abilities aside from everything else i like that old gene smith asked these questions i think it's a great question but i would imagine if you go to most college athletes right now they would be willing to to get back on the field somehow whenever like say the september comes and the regular season starts but i i i agree it's great that a guy is thinking of like the people the humans like hey why what are we doing why are we put them at this much risk, but we're not going to, the fans, the only thing I could think of is, hey, by then, maybe we have some kind of testing protocol, taking their temp, like we can keep an eye on 300 people a lot easier than we can 105,000 coming in every week. I think, um, I just think it's such an interesting, by him, you know what I mean? Because he has so much money to be made off of this. Ohio State, almost more so than anybody else. Yeah. And the fact that he's saying it, I think that's good. Good on you. Gene, good on. He's the, he's the AD. There's like 38 varsity sports at Ohio State. Like they need, it's a lot of money, man. They're you, like any college. Go to any college campus that's trying to compete with the big dogs. There is massive amounts of construction always going on. You're getting big donor money, and you're bu putting buildings up that, that are workout rooms, wrestling rooms, weight rooms, whole new indoor facilities for football teams. Like there's so much money surrounding college sports, and especially college football. Yeah, for him to come out and say it, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Who are the big dogs? You mean like donors? Yeah, trying to compete with the big dogs, you said. Oh, I mean like the other – like if you're Ohio State and you want to compete with Clemson, Alabama, all of these big-time schools, like your facilities have to be similar to theirs because you're entertaining recruits. You build facilities. You put all this money into your program to recruit the kids. Once they're there, you don't care. Like all these player lounges and 
Papa shots and arcades, those aren't used. Like maybe during camp for a few days, but you don't have time to go in there and sit in, in the lounge and watch TV for two hours. I mean, the only people that use the lounge and stuff and the golf simulators are specialists. Relax. Whenever I got recruited, we had old high school lockers at West Virginia. You know what I mean? There wasn't even a player's lounge or anything like that. But then after they built it on my way out, you know, they built it on the way out. I was like, these kids get to basically enjoy all our bowl wins. You're welcome. We came in here. We had to rattle the cage whenever in the lockers and there was no air conditioning and things like that. How a couple bowl wins can kind of change things is very interesting. But then I did think about those players lounges and so I'm like, who when would when would these ever be used? And I went around uh, this year for that Thursday night football. And granted, it was the day before a game or the day of the game. I didn't see one single human in any of the lounges. Not a single, not a single why, human. Why would you sit in the lounge? You're either in the weight room, in the meeting room, on the practice field, or you go home. Yeah, I don't know. But it's a great recruiting tool. Look at this lounge. You can hang out here and play ping pong anytime Ooh. you want. Oh, you're going to love it. I mean, yeah, you're going to be up at fucking 5 a.m. and you're going to have workouts. And then you're going to have to sprint. Then you have to do class. Then you have to do practice. Then you do mandatory study hall. But then right afterwards, hang out and play ping pong with your teammates <laughs> right here. You're going to absolutely love it. I think the barber shops are becoming the new thing. And that's a good move. I think those would be used. I think that's a good ad. But those players' lounges that they broadcast and showcase, it's like, who would ever use these? I'm not 100% sure. Training camp, you're 100% right. Training camp, we used to get a pretty good little ping pong run, me, the West Virginia team, once we got a ping pong table in there. But aside from that, I'm not 100% sure I've ever seen anything else used. Do you like these NFL coaches that come in and say they take over the job and the first thing they do is get rid of like the ping pong table that's in the locker room? You so, think that's a good move? So smart, man. You know, so smart. Because those little moments there where they're playing cornhole or ping pong, they could be studying more film, couldn't they? Yeah. I mean, they could be maybe getting a little bit more cardio in, maybe doing a little bit more bench press. Maybe they could be eating a little bit more protein instead of playing stupid ping pong and potentially building camaraderie with their teammates, you know, and maybe a time for defense and offense to hang out a little bit aside from just running their heads into each other. Or, or, or how about this? Let's bet on if the uh, punter can make 16 straight beans or, or cornholes here. Let's see if that can happen. These are all potential camaraderie building things that brings your team together as opposed to apart. But I can understand why you'd want them to fucking maybe lift a little bit more weights after the mandatory weight room session that they just had or maybe watch more film after they just watched eight hours worth of film. I think that's a really smart idea by these coaches to do things like that. Don't you? Yeah, you laid it out beautifully. You're 100% right. What it does, it does, it brings guys together. Like if you're playing ping pong, what's going to happen? You have two guys, say an offensive defensive guy playing against each other, and then all of a sudden, random guys are going to be walking through, and if it's a good game, they're going to come watch. They, they're going to start talking back and forth, and it's going to be a fun thing outside of their football world and they're at the facility. And it, what it does, too, coaches will feel so good, like, oh, hey, you know, old starting quarterback didn't leave till 9 p.m. the last two nights. And then they go and they check the tape. And like, yeah, he, he played four hours of ping pong after meetings <laughs> both nights. Like, but the coach like, hey, he's in the building, right. though. Feel, gotta go, feel good about that. Rather he play ping pong here than ping pong at home. I mean, that's just the way it goes. The guy loves the place. He's a, he's a, he's a facility rat. The guy's always around. First Man. one in, last guy to leave. And he gets in 38 games of ping pong a day. Me and Bjorn Werner played against each other in a massive battle. A massive battle. It, the, the entire team was there basically to watch it in ping pong. I guess in Germany they grow up playing ping pong. Like that's like something they very much do. It's like a pastime. Fathers and sons over there. They play every. If you meet somebody from Germany, I'm betting they're good at ping pong. It's just kind of something they do. And Bjorn Werner was no exception. He played very, very well. Very, very. Did you well. beat him? No, he beat me, and then I went home that night. 
And uh, I bought the this machine that you plug into the end of a uh, uh, ping pong, and it's a robot that shoots balls at you, and then you ha- it goes into a net, and then it cycles back. I did like five, six hours that night, and then the next morning I came back, asked them to run it back. We haven't lost since. USA! 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 I was a weapon on there. That was very frustrating. It wasn't even fun to play with you anymore, though, because you were so good. I got very, 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 very good at ping pong. I mean, very good at ping pong with that robot that came around. I got embarrassed. I let down our entire country. I let down our entire country in front of our entire team. Just got worked. I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking play this rookie from Germany. No big deal. Let's go. Put it out there, pal. And it was like, I've never seen that before. Wait a minute. So then I had to get the robot to get the German version. You know what I mean? I had to click on him. I need this super top spin coming on this side. Yeah, over d- here. does he hold the paddle different, or is it nah, just? No, uh... no, it's just whenever you play a lot, you know, you start to get the real hang of it. And he had some spins that I just couldn't. It was just hitting my paddle and going. So I, me and that robot went to work, and I came out on the other side of it a much better. But it's Nick is right. It, there was times there where just people weren't even square. It was just whitewash, whitewash, whitewash. Who's next? Whitewash. See ya. All those little weird games. I'm very good at. I believe it. Yeah, I mean that. Out of everybody on the team, the specialist will have the time to, to play those games more than anybody else. Bingo. Four hours of cornhole every single day for like three years. You're going to get very good at cornhole while everybody else is watching film. You don't really have much to watch. Hey, what is your, I always wonder, what does the special teams coach do? Like, Say you have morning meetings. A lot of times specialists would only have short. Like, We would have two more hours of meetings, and the specialists were already done kind of getting in the hot tub, playing ping pong, doing things. What does the special teams coach do during that time? He's trying to look for advantages. If he's a good one, if he is a good one, if he's a good one, he'll be looking for like, hey, this guy, whenever you punt the ball high, is going to bobble it like that. That's why Tom McMahon was so good for me. Tom McMahon's out with the Denver Broncos. He like did that extra almost meth head like film study where the guy wouldn't stop just watching film. And then if he got something, he'd come out and be like, oh, I think I got something for you. I think I got that's that little stuff that, you know, he's trying to find. Now, granted, I could have been doing that, too, I guess. Instead, I was. Honing in on the cornhole. I was really getting hot on her. There's only hey, so many reps you can watch, though. Especially if you're the punter. Yeah. Well, and kickoff like, in. I mean, what are you – okay, when you're the punter, what are you watching most? Just how the the return man? Or are you watching how they rush? What are you doing? I'm not watching the rush at all. I don't even want to know. Don't you even, don't care? I, I don't even want to know. But what if you – okay, like I know we would face punters sometimes who – would would angle a little bit one way or the other so you're going to bring your rush from that side and that like you're going to try to take advantage of his tendencies do you have any tendencies like that no i would offset i would offset and then if i would hit the end over end punt to the left and then a turnover ball to the right so i was lined up in the same spot every single time they didn't know where the ball was going now granted at the beginning of my career it was very i was just trying to hit the ball as far as i could but then once i became the assassin you know what i mean then then it became a whole different animal but yeah i would try to make sure that my tendencies i didn't give anything away but anytime the special teams meeting would lead off with tom mcmahon saying this rush unit is very good i would just turn it off i'm like i don't even want to hear it i don't even want to know about it if I get blocked, I get blocked. If they kill me, they kill me. I just don't want to hear about it. Let me know whenever we get to the coverage portion of this thing. That's good. You trusted the guys in front of you. Well, no, I think I didn't. That's why I didn't want to hear about it. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't even want to know. Oh, we got a guy that I don't even know his name playing over there, and they got a stud that's blocked three kicks. Okay, I don't even want to hear about it. I don't have earmuffs just for the next 15 minutes, and then let's get to it. Let's get to it. Yeah. That was a real problem. Are you changing up your steps for those type of games where you're worried about the rush or are you just same thing? No, every same time? thing every time. Same thing. Some guys time. are like three there's a couple guys that are like three step long. They they would punt from so 
way tighter to the line than other people. So if I would see like a six box, I would move up a yard, mm -hmm. right? Because normally that means hold up. That means they're probably not coming. They get two, two people on the, each gunner. So you only get six people in the box. So that probably means that's a hold up. They're setting up a return, obviously. So I'd move up a yard, steal a yard there. There's little things you can do whenever you're, you get older and kind of get comfortable. Would your snap? Would you have to give a signal to your snapper to let him know you stepped up? You, he's good. The ball's not going to be high. No, no, just sling that thing over to him. We're trying to steal a yard off the back end here, up the average a little bit. Did you ever have any moments where you're sitting back there to punt? I know you've you've taken me through your opening kickoff in the Super Bowl, <sighs> but sure when you're sitting there to catch the punt, say it's a real critical game. Did you ever? Did it ever hit you in the moment like, oh man, I better catch this thing? Oh yeah, like, I don't want to bobble it. Oh yeah, whenever you watch somebody else bobble one, that's I don't, I can't watch somebody else. Like I watch another if somebody's going to hold for a field goal or something, and the guy like bobbles it and goes down, I'm like, oh, don't even look at it, don't even look at it, don't even look, like don't, don't even think about it, don't it. Like that is something that you do not want in your mind. But that's the most important part is catching the ball. That's why I'd go on the jugs machine so much. By the way, I felt like my hands were very underrated. I used to put them top three on the team. Uh, that was obviously very much contested in the locker room, but I would walk in very proud of it. See me, top three on the team, no big deal. These hands right here. Come on. But you were born with those hands. Yeah, you could work on the jugs and everything, but there's not a guy that has bad hands and all of a sudden he catches 400 balls in the jugs every day and he has good hands. It doesn't work like you that. You believe that for real? Yes, absolutely. You think like You can sit and catch as many balls as you want in the jugs in a simulated environment. you got people waving in front of his head. But in the game, when with your body control and trying to catch the ball while you're getting hit, that's like an instinctual thing I feel like you're born with. Yes, can you make it better? Of course you can get better at that. But I feel like your hands, much like athletic ability, are what you're born with. Do you have hands? Yeah. Basketball player? Yeah. Probably have great hands. Yeah, yeah I mean, I played, yeah, I played running back and caught balls out of the backfield and stuff. Why not fullback? Fullback win. Ever. Why linebacker instead of fullback? Why would – well, I played running. I was like a tailback and linebacker in high school and all growing up. I would have loved to run the ball. But, yeah, they would have put me at fullback. But who wants to play? I don't want to play fullback. I wouldn't get the ball. Well, you don't get the ball at linebacker either. Yeah, but at least I get to try to tackle people. Like fullback, oh, gotcha. let's just go blast our head into those linebackers <laughs> and then run out and come back in on the next first down when we run the ball. You think you would have potentially got a concussion if you would have played fullback? Nah. Uh? Yeah, I probably would have, to be honest. Somebody in the comment section, Jacob Wilson, just said, did you guys hear that Rich Rod wants a statue at Bama for turning down the job and allowing Saban to come in there? We had a full celebration when we thought Rich Rod was going to Alabama. Have I told you about this? I've said the story before. Have I ever told I you about so. it? I think so. It was awesome. Yeah, we're, didn't you go out and get hammered and everything? And we're, we were already out. The whole team was already out. It was like, uh, I forget what night it was. We were at Lazy Lizard, which is now Joe Mama's. I forget what it was. It was some, it was either a Thursday night or Wednesday night, maybe a Tuesday night, whatever. We were out. And ES Wait, what time of the year was this? Spring. Okay. ESPN was um, on every TV, obviously, and it had a picture of Rich Rodriguez in Alabama, right? It had a picture of Rich Rodriguez, Rich Rod to accept Alabama head coaching, and we're all like, okay. Wait, why were you guys so excited that he was leaving? He was Bear Bryant, man. He was he was, he was was a hard I've that, ass. I've heard that every, everywhere he's gone, I've heard very similar things. Bro, he was a hard ass. Like, obviously, I think he made me better mentally, physically as a, uh, uh, a person and as a, a kicker and stuff like that. I think, like, obviously, battling through that type of 
litany of words and verbiage that he was saying to you at all times in a very angry fashion i think made us better and our team had a lot of red flags on it i mean i assume that the way he was it had to be for our team to be successful and we were very successful but boy when you hear the drill sergeant's gone i mean that is probably a big day for anybody and and we took it as such i mean we we really we really turned i think that was around the time when my second twenty thousand dollar loan that i got out to have a good time had just hit my bank account i mean so we were we were having a good time and then obviously emergency team meeting the next morning we're all incredibly hungover. his whole family's there news is there all that stuff and he walks his family up and he goes man he starts crying you know, we never saw this guy cry. And goes, there's been a lot of talk about what I'm going to do next. And Rita was there. You know, Rita, his wife is sitting there and his family. Rhett and Raquel and Rambo and Ray J and Ricky, they're all sitting over there. And he does like the Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm not fucking going anywhere. Class dismissed, basically. Until everybody <laughs> get the fuck out. And then he just walks off. And then it's like Rich Rodriguez turns down the Alabama job or whatever. And it's like we're back in, right back into the weight room. Same workouts we were just having. It. We were puking yesterday. Is off and running again. We're like, fuck. We're back in. It should not have got as hammered as we were. Mike Barwis was absolutely loving how terrible we all felt. I mean, it was just, oh, you thought we were gone? <laughs> you thought we were done? <laughs> Wait, uh, why, did he, why did he bring his family in and his kids to announce that he's staying I, I have no idea i think he was potential i think like, i think he was gone before that meeting and then he saw did us. he turn it down or did they back out no he turned it down like it was reported that he was there he came into that meeting i think in my heart of hearts i think he coming into that meeting was going to alabama and i don't mm -hmm. think i don't think his wife rita wanted him to go and then I think when he got in there and he potentially saw us all just incredibly hung over, he was like, I need to run these motherfuckers at least <laughs> one more time. One more time. And he said, I'm not leaving. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. And then he just comes back. I, it was a wild day. And then that's why when the Michigan thing happened one year later, we're all like, uh, do we celebrate or what do we do here? Because last year about this workout was the worst workout we've ever encountered. And it turns out he did leave and the rest is history. Yeah, I know he got to Michigan and just those guys. He just killed them those from day one. Like linemen running distance things. Like I've heard horror stories about how brutal it was yeah, when those, he shows up. Those distance things they were running was called fifths, and that's a lap around. And obviously, five of them is a mile, right? And it was a lap from you go around the field and then you go around the upright. Those are called fifths, and those were being timed. That was your warm up. And then you'd go over to 110s and then 200 yard shuttles and then 40s. And then after that, then we had races that people had to go. I mean, it was just like it never ended. But that's why our team, by the way, our team was a bunch of animals. Like our team was a bunch of savages. I was hand cleaning 365. I mean, we, we had a squad. Owen Schmidt, I think he hand cleaned like 450 or 500 pounds. Steve Slayton, Pat White, those guys were lift. I mean, we were a bunch of savages, obviously. And then get to the. Because a potential missed kick or two. But, I mean, we were a squad. And we knew that when he went to Michigan, like, the way he operated was not going to work because those kids had choices. Those kids <laughs> in Michigan had options. Our team had uh, guys that were either scholarships were pulled because of legal reasons or guys that weren't 
eligible to play anywhere else or had no other options our team was a group of dogs in there that was just this is our last chance and we know it so he could do whatever the hell he wanted to us and and it was literally like i think we needed it obviously and we obviously responded well to it but we knew that those little yuppie kids who had multiple offers in five stars were like can you imagine some kid that has like 15 offers or whatever signing on to go to michigan because rich will tell you we want you to be a part of our family here we'll take care of you and then as soon as you get there, it's like, you fat motherfucker, you want to? And then that kid's like, uh, Dad, I would not go. I'm going to Ohio State. I'm out of here. I am leaving. And just he welcomed arms somewhere else. If our guys wanted to leave, they had to go to like North Alabama or like something like that. So it was very, we knew it wasn't going to work. We knew it probably wasn't going to work. But boy, we were pumped about those fifths never happening again in our life. Who came in after him at West Virginia? Bill Stewart, rest in peace, won the uh, Fiesta Bowl as the interim head coach. He was mm -hmm. my special teams coach as well. He became a head coach there for the first time in a long time. And then he got pushed out slash fired. Holgerson got brought in, and Coach Stu passed away on a golf course shortly after there. Mm. And then Dana's out. Obviously, Neil Brown's in. Yeah, they. Uh, what do you think of Tua? He's putting more videos out. I like what Tua's doing, man. Do you? I do. Are they going to try to shut him down and say there's too many people in the room? Which player is going to get chewed out during the draft? Some player is going to have the entire neighborhood with They him. won't go to him. I, I would think the NFL, ESPN, I, I think they might not go to him or they'll only go to him on like the single cam. I think the NFL, since it's ESPN running the operation, is what everybody's saying, that NFL Network's involved in it, right? NFL Network, owned by NFL, boss is Roger Goodell. The boss of NFL Network is Roger Goodell, right? So this is very much going to be an NFL orchestrated thing, aside from the fact that they're throwing to Roger Goodell's basement for every pick. Wild move. But I don't think they'll set up anything for the NFL to look bad, right? So no. a player with his entire neighborhood with him will not get put on the air because that'll make the NFL look bad if NFL players look bad. So I think there's going to be a lot of cutting and stuff like that. Still, there's going to be something that's going to go terribly wrong tech-wise. There's going to be something that gets you know miscommunicated for a pick it's going to be awesome to watch and to be honest a lot of people are not happy that the nfl is doing this cliff averill said why aren't they just delayed i can't wait for them to do it just so i mean it gives a little bit of hope and i i think they very much understand that but this is going to be a very interesting run draft unlike anything else by the way mcfee hawk primetime sports talk going live night of draft one is that accurate that is accurate it'll be a little watch along with your friends uh aj hawk and pat mcfee yeah, we're going to have some guests on before the draft starts, or maybe even during it. Who knows? Who are, the, who are some guests? Do you know of any? Well, as of now, we got Aaron committed. He's coming on. Aaron. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, oh, oh, I know that guy. Oh, Aaron Rodgers? Oh, That's it. This guy's coming on the draft show? Yeah, he's got a giant beard right now, too. Oh, tell him to shave that thing up. Does he have an iPhone? Yeah. Need him to FaceTime. We need him to FaceTime in this time. Need it. Need it. Oh, yeah. We can get him to FaceTime in for the yeah, show. That's what we need. <laughs> Last time, we didn't have the capabilities. Okay. We'll get him to FaceTime in. And I can't wait to talk to him. Just what are you going to ask? Why? What are you going to ask? He had, a, he had a rough draft day. I talked rough, to him about it yesterday. Rough draft day. It's like him and Brady Quinn, right? They had similar draft days. Very they, similar. They just had to sit around and wait. Everybody thought they were a high draft pick. Me, I knew I wasn't going to be a high draft pick, but I had to wait a long fucking time, too. I mean, let's not get crazy. 221 picture, boy. Hey, you want to know if you want to get some good screen time if you're a prospect or you're a guy that's going to be drafted in the first round? 
have like your mom, your dad, and your high school girlfriend in the shot. They'll cut to you the whole draft. Like say you're the 29th pick. They're going to continue to show this kid because he's following the rules and there's only three or four people in his living room. They're not going to cut to the other guy who has 65 people behind him. And he's like, oh, no, I've been quarantined with them the whole time. What do you mean? <laughs> Let's go to uh, Chad something uh, just got drafted. He's with his high school sweetheart and his parents. Chad, how you feeling? Oh, I feel good, thank you. And in the background, you hear his drunk friends, whoa, <laughs> hiding in the back room. I, it would be very hard not to have your whole crew. It'd be very, I mean, look at, I mean, it'd be very difficult. I mean, I understand that they have to due to health reasons and obviously this is much bigger than just a draft, but man, your entire life you work for this weekend. Your entire life, everything you've ever done is like hoping one day to potentially make it as a professional. And then now it's like, well, tell them to fucking watch on ESPN if they want to see you get drafted, big boy. I know they've been with you since the beginning, but lock them up in their house, you lock up in your house. I don't think a lot of guys are going to listen. You know what's going to be kind of weird is guys getting drafted, a lot of times, especially the, the high picks, maybe in the first 10, they get drafted, and, and some of the teams send a private plane, and they fly them there to the facility. A lot of these guys are going to get drafted, and they're not going to step foot in the facility of the, their team for months after, possibly. Can they do that? Do private, what? Private planes can happen now, can it? Yeah, There's yeah. still commercial flights. But, but facilities aren't open. Roger Goodell ordered all the facilities shut down. Oh, you got to go down to Goodell's basement, too, to dap them up. <laughs> <laughs> What's Goodell's background going to be? Well, probably just cash, if I had to guess. Just stacks of cash. <laughs> just pictures of the owner, like owners signed pictures, 8 by 10s <laughs> Hey, you're doing a hell of a job, Jerry. Love it. You're keeping the heat off of, off of us. Great job, Roger. Everybody hates you. They don't even talk about us. Robert Kraft. You guys think he's going full suit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, full suit. I can't wait to see Goodell's beard. Oh. Does Goodell have a beard from the quarantine? Mm-mm. No. No chance. AJ, you, you can't grow a beard? Nah, not really. <laughs> Is it, no, you don't grow a beard because it would hide that shovelness of your... No, I can't really grow facial hair. Hey, I mean, AJ, I, I, why don't we all cut somewhat. our pubes off and glue them to your, your face? face? Yeah, you remember when you said that about me? I didn't say that about you. You mentioned yeah, you po- yeah, the possibility yeah, of that. Yeah, no, I did not. You mentioned it. <laughs> well, you're always... I'm just trying to spitball ideas because you're always trying to come up with things. You know, you're all about content. You're a man of the internet. I said... Thank you. I feel like that would get some eyeballs. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like gluing pubes onto your face would get us a lot of eyeballs. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't. I'm not really in a race to create content. Hmm? Really, like video content like that. No, I'm not a. Huh. I'm not a mogul like you are. Well, is he committed to the team? Is that what we got? Yeah, sounds like yeah. This is productions. Come on. Huh. Wait, what? <laughs> Everybody's questioning your your want to for success. my commitment. If I don't glue pubes that will cut off of guys <laughs> onto my face. That's what you have to do. It's like... No, no, it's your idea. By the way, this is your idea. One of us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a jackass skit. You know that. I do know that. Uh, let's have go you had the- Steve-O on the show? I have had Steve-O. He sat right here on the thing before, uh, you know, when people are allowed to sit here. <laughs> How was he? I know he's got a podcast now. He was good. He had Ronda Rousey on this weekend, obviously. Ronda oh, Rousey. She made some news. She made some news. I think it's real. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I think it's a work. 
Oh, you did to come back to the WWE. I think so. Yeah. She, can you tell people that aren't aware what what she said that got people all mad? She said fake fighting. Anytime you say fake fighting, obviously that's going to get the wrestling world up in arms because there's a lot. But of she also killed the fans too, didn't she? Say the fans are awful. Yeah, fuck these fans. Basically, is what she said at the end. That's why she had to walk out. So she hated the fans, and she said she loved fake fighting and she loved the rock locker room, but she was tired of being on the road away from the family uh, for those ungrateful fucking fans. I believe is what she said. And by the way, I can completely understand what she's saying because the ronda rousey heat became real by the wwe fans the wwe fans do not love anything that is forced down their throat okay so even if the person is the baddest or the best at whatever they do if they're forced down the throat wrestling fans they're like nah you're forcing this on us we don't want this we want it to be organic becky lynch is a perfect example of this becky lynch was this second coming of stone cold basically the lady of the people she created her own movement then whenever vince in the wwe got behind it and pushed her the fans got sick of it they're like all right we're sick of this you're forcing her like they roman reigns for instance roman reigns is like the perfect wwe superstar ex-football player it's in his bloodline he's big he's handsome he's tough he's attractive but since vince and wwe are forcing him a lot of people started to hate him just because that's how fickle wwe fans are ronda rousey they felt the same thing ronda rousey's in-ring debut one of the most impressive in-ring debuts in the history of the sport she was everything you could imagine she was believable she was on the mic on the mic was she good wasn't great on the microphone but i think she was getting there because i think uh, paul Heyman was potentially helping her she was getting there she wasn't great on the microphone but in the ring she was great but she was being shoved i think wrestling fans thought that she was being forced into the spotlight when other people who've worked a lot longer there so they kind of turned against her right so her coming after the fans and saying it was fake fighting that's just like an easy two-piece recipe on fixing a great concoction of an angle it just feels like ronda's potentially working some people right now and she put out a tweet that was very similar to hulk hogan's tweet way back basically saying that the marks are working themselves into a shoot basically which is shoot means for real but it does feel as if this is a potential angle and i'm thinking we're going to see ronda rousey back in wwe sometime soon well, even if, let's say it wasn't like on purpose by her, say she was just giving her legit opinion, don't you think it's something that Vince sees and he's like, hey, we're going to run with this. We, we're going to bring you back. Hey. At, at some point. These marks hate you. <laughs> Time is now. No, yeah. It'd be, and all, every woman on the roster obviously started going after uh, publicly because they know that this oh, is... Oh, yeah. It's all it's all part of the deal then. They know that this is probably a work and they're trying to sign up for the sweepstakes to get involved with Ronda Rousey because if you get involved with Ronda Rousey, you obviously go to the top of the card, make more money, that old stuff. I think it's a work. I do. I think it's a work. And it's a smart one by Ronda Rousey, by the way. Smart one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, I watched her when, when she was... Uh, Fighting in the UFC, she took over the world there for a few years. Oh, Beyonce is playing her videos before her concerts, like all kinds of stuff going on. And then she gets beat a few times and doesn't talk to the media, and it just uh, gets rough for her. She doesn't, she doesn't like to deal with criticism. I guess Holly Holm, the preacher's daughter. I guess Holly Holm was really the big Achilles heel to head her. kick, head kick, smoke. But then she came back against Amanda Nunes and just looked awful. Well, Amanda pounding. Nunes is a uh, yes, plays no games. Zero. You know, Ronda Rousey had that arm bar. A lot of people think that. Oh, 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 oh! Don't do it! She'd be able to win forever! Still undefeated if she did it! Could you put that mic in an arm bar? I was thinking about. I was literally thinking about just throwing my legs up here and falling back. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't know. I. uh, If you. (laughs) 
If you would have seen what was just going on up here, <laughs> I was tossing my legs up here and going back on my back on there. Uh, is this show over? Sure. <laughs> Look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Play good, pay good, pay good, live good, live good, die good. It's always hard to get the proper nutrition into your body, whether you're on the go, whether you're working, or maybe you're just lazy and don't really think about it. A company has come along and made one scoop to make your life a better one, and that's our friends at Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a one-stop shop for everything that your body could possibly fucking need from a nutritional standpoint in one clean scoop. I, I am a big fan of this Athletic Greens. I've never taken care of myself. I'm a noted poor eater, poor drinker, poor liver. And now that we've been on this run here for the last 11, 12 weeks, the thing that I've noticed that has saved me just a little bit has been my scoop of Athletic Greens. And I also have travel packets, which have worked out perfectly for everything we have get going right now. You need to get this into your daily routine because your nutritional needs needs you to have you ready for whatever the day throws at you. You struggle to get in nutrient-dense fruit and veggies. You're looking to overcome gut health issues or nutrient deficiencies. You just don't feel as good as you used to. You travel frequently or struggle to eat as well on the road. You're an athlete or professional seeking enhanced performance. You don't want to take multiple supplements at home or on the road. If all of these things are yeses or any of these things are yeses, you need to get with Athletic Greens right now. Your body's nutritional needs change due to stress, travel, sleep patterns, exercise, and the imperfect diet. Even with a balanced, healthy diet, it can be tough to cover your nutritional bases. That's why top performers, athletes, executives, and entrepreneurs trust Athletic Greens. Right now, you can get 20 free travel packs, which is valued at $79 with your first purchase whenever you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash pat that's 20 free travel packs which is valued at 79 dollars for free when you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash pat respect your body appreciate your body fill it up with the right shit athletic greens has all the good shit for you athleticgreens.com forward slash pat 20 free travel packets Joining us now is a man who is an absolute stud on a football field. Ladies and gentlemen, Cliff Averill. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm great, Cliff. I'm not allowed to answer this question. Are Asian people allowed to say the N-word? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What kind of question is that? Well, I'm just, everybody should know that. <laughs> why don't they, by the way. I don't think anybody should say it ever, right? And I went on a hard thing. It's not a word that anybody should say it. It's it's a word that has done more damage in our past than any other word in its history. But now the spin zone for have you seen this? A guy named Kyle Larson, probably not. It's in NASCAR. Probably well, I didn't know about it either until this morning. Kyle Larson and I racing this morning or this weekend dropped a hard R on somebody in the racing, and it's just been quite an uproar in the world. Obviously. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a no go. Um, yeah, <laughs> can't do it. I can definitely see some people getting after him a little bit. Yeah, can't win with it. Won't win with it. Let's uh, speaking of won't winning with anything. I did not know you were a part of the Lions' zero and sixteen team. 
Yes, I was as a rookie, man. Uh, I was for the for the longest there. I was the only player to go zero and sixteen and win a Super Bowl, man. Um, it was a interesting times, nonetheless. <laughs> okay, so I was a part of a team that won undefeated until we chose to lose my rookie year, which was legit, and then we ended up losing the Super Bowl to the Saints. And then a couple years later, I was a part of a team that almost went completely defeated. And Dan Orlovsky, the man that was part of the zero and sixteen, actually came in and won two games for us, so we didn't go zero and sixteen. But I think I got an interesting perspective on what makes great teams and what makes terrible teams what was something that you've noticed from that Owen 16 team to the Super Bowl team that people don't talk about enough as being an X factor on why teams succeed I think the biggest thing man is is you know too many individuals right you Mm. know um and of course you know you're a rookie you don't really know any better you walk Mm. into the locker room you're like all right this is what I'm supposed to be a part of this is how the NFL runs right but when I got to Seattle I realized that guys really play for one another. It wasn't, and mind you, we had a lot of superstars on that team, you know what I mean? But guys didn't necessarily feel like they were the reason why. It was, they were just part of the puzzle of why we were having so much success. Do you think it's because you guys liked each other a lot more? I always felt like camaraderie was the biggest X factor that nobody talks about. Most most question. I mean, camaraderie, I think that comes with the respect piece, right? Um, Just everybody collectively just coming together, you know what I mean? And, and really cool with one another. We, uh, we would do different things outside of the football, uh, outside of the football facility, right? You know, we go on vacation trips. We, you know, have a, a kid's birthday party and 50 of the 53 guys show up. You know what I mean? And, and that's the type of vibe. And as you know, that ain't, that is far from normal in the NFL. Agreed. What's that thing behind you there? Is that a painting of the Legion of Boom and the whole defensive squad there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got a little mural painted up here. So this side right here is uh, the the. Um, I'll actually show it. Yeah. So that's yeah. the lions. That's Whoa! The Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little mural I got painted by one of the guy, local guys out here. And of course, I had to represent the, the Super Bowl. I mean, that was the, uh, a big deal. Hey, they don't just hand those out. <laughs> no, exa- exactly, exactly. So uh, I'm excited. It's a pretty cool little mural. Are you down in your man cave right now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what? So I have an office space, but since the kids aren't in school, the wife ain't working, I had to give it up to them. So now I got to go <laughs> do stuff in the bed cave. How is, how is life right now? I, everybody's trying to get by, obviously. A lot more family time, e-teaching and all that stuff. How, is the, how have the Averills been handling the entire situation? So far, it's been good, man. Honestly, I'm, I'm looking at it as a positive, right? You know, things that I needed things to slow down anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm spending more time with the family, obviously. We're, now, Entertaining the kids is 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 a bit much at times. You know, we're setting up obstacle courses outside. We're going bike rides and different things like that. But overall, though, it's been great. I'm taking some classes. I'm reading more. So it's it's, it's been solid. I'm, I'm using it for the good. Look at you becoming a better man over there, smarter man over there. I'm trying, there. man. I'm trying, man. I'm just getting fat. I'm just getting <laughs> I got these quarantine LBs, bro. They're back and better than ever. Uh, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, it, it was alleged originally that he was asking for 20 plus million a year, which would not be unheard of in the defensive end position. There's a couple other guys that are making that. He is. Ooh, I should have been born a little couple years later. Yep. Go ahead. Or maybe get on that bike a little bit more with the kid. Let's see if he can get back out there. But the, the, <laughs> no, right. allegedly it has dropped down to 17, 18 million. How do you feel about the market for Clowney and what type of player is he day in and day out? You think? You know what? Just knowing free agency and being going through free agency, usually, usually the top free agents get signed the first couple of days, and that that's where the big the big money goes, right? So if he was going to be a part of that, he would have gotten signed already. I do think this Corona thing uh, kind of messed him up as well, right? Because he has had um, you know some injuries last year and the years past. So before they sign you to those big deals, 
they want to have a physical, right? So I think that's part of the issue why he hasn't been able to sign. As far as for his production and what he's been able to do, especially last year, it's probably the most impressive three-sack season I've ever seen, right? Because this man, this man would, like, he would take over games. You know, we've seen that Monday night game against San Francisco. We've seen yeah. a couple other games where he took over games. So he has that ability, but he also was beat up last year as well. So, you know, he'd kill it one game, and then, you know, he had to sit out the next game. So I think that kind of hurt him a little bit. But overall, he can be disruptive. He is a heck of a ball player. He plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage, and that's what you need from, from uh, D-Lyman. I don't want to distract too much, but do you think no Sean Marino knows that he's post rise on your wall <laughs> you know <laughs> no he probably, <laughs> yeah, <look at> <laughs> he probably go back to it look at that i mean he's just getting buried in your basement every single day the poor guy he's a good guy by the way I've made no, he's, he's a great guy he's a great guy but th all, all three of us was in that picture so it was a good picture to get framed up <laughs> uh, uh seattle seahawks uh, Russell Wilson's coming back. Pete Carroll, obviously, still there. What do you think they're looking into in the draft? What do you think they need? Do you think they make any moves? The NFC is getting very interesting now that old Tommy Tampa Tommy's done or Tampa Bay, whatever the case is. The, the NFC is very interesting. The, the Niners bring back everybody, basically, and they were dominate at the end of the season. I mean, what are the Seahawks going to do to get back in that conversation, you think? But you know what's crazy? Like, even though the Seahawks had so much trans, uh, you know, guys leave over the last couple years or whatnot, they still won 10 games last year. They still have Russell Wilson. They still have Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, guys that have won Super Bowls. Uh, but what I see them doing in the draft is what they always do. Like, they trade down. They don't really ever use their first pick. If they do, it'd be later to get more picks or whatnot. But this offseason, they went and got a whole bunch of offensive linemen. You know, they signed quite a few guys. They want guys competing there. But they have to figure out something on the pass rush side of things, right? If you if you lose Clowney, um, you have you signed Jaron Reed back and you got uh, Bruce Irvin back. But if you lose Clowney, you definitely need to bring somebody else in. I think you need to bring somebody else in regardless, because if you sign Clowney, you're probably only going to sign him for a one year deal, anyways. So you need a young player to to step up. I wouldn't be surprised if they sign two two pass rushers and then probably add some competition and. Back on the deep end with uh, the DBs and and maybe even a couple of linebackers as well, but I, I see them kind of for sure focusing on pass rushing. Right Ru now. Russell Wilson feels like he wills his way to be in every single game. It really does no feel question. like it. scrambling, no. running for his life. If they get a good offensive line, what can that team be? You think they can be an elite team again? They can be special, man. And it'll be an elite team, but it'll be a, a different type of elite from what it was in the past. Because last, I mean, those years in the two, uh, 2010 through 19 or whatever, you know, it was a defensive type of team, right? It, it, everything was based off of stopping the run and letting Russ, you know, hand it off or whatever, manage the game a little bit. Now, with Russell Wilson, every single year he's gotten better. So if you get him an offensive line, that still allows him to move around in the pocket, but, you know, add a couple of receivers as well. I think, man, they can be dynamic in all kinds of ways. How do you feel about this Tampa team? I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. You think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, wow. No, no, I don't. I, I, but, <laughs> but it's a good thing we can just say to like generate conversation. You know, like I feel like that really stirs the pot anytime I come out. But I do. <laughs> I, I do think that they're going to be a good squad, though. What do you think a team that gets like a Tom Brady gets that veteran experience in there? And now, not just veteran. You're talking about goat-like experience. What can that do to a team? You think? What can that do to that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, who Jameis Winston led the NFL in pass yards? Obviously, had a great year in that particular. 
fashion, but then he threw for 30 interceptions and gave the game up to the other team on a lot of occasions. What can Tom realistically do to that Tampa Bay team, you think? Uh, just what you just said, Jameis did, not, give, not giving up 30 interceptions, you know what I'm saying? Just the leadership, right? You know, somebody like Tom Brady walks into the locker room, and then from my understanding and, and even my interactions with him, he's the type of person, he, like, he goes up to each individual and is like, hey, I'm Tom. Duh, everybody knows who you are, but <laughs> that goes a long way for, like, the young players, right? Guys, you got to realize, Tom's been in the league 20 years, so some of these guys were probably just one years old when, when, when Tom just started, right? So they've been watching Tom this whole time. So to have that leadership, that presence, a man that's won six Super Bowl rings, everybody's going to follow his lead. Everybody's paying attention to what he does. So that by itself is, is going to change the dynamic of that team. But then you look at what they were able to do last year. I mean, their defense was ranked first or top five or something like that in, uh, in, in stopping the run. Now, they weren't that good in passing, so they'll have to fix that. But you bring a quarterback in like that, everybody's going to want to play for Tom, and everybody's going to pay attention to what Tom does so they can follow his lead and hopefully be able to get that championship. Have you been following along with any of this uh, top quarterbacks in the draft conversation? Uh, I've, I've been paying attention to it a little bit. Rookie quarterbacks. Whenever you're facing against a rookie quarterback, what is the mindset and what do you think one of these guys has that could potentially get him past that? I, well, first and foremost, I hate to face the rookie quarterbacks. Um, Why? Because they're, they're rookies. I mean, that was just a veteran in me. I don't know. But uh, rookie quarterbacks, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is, is really, honestly, for, for at least from, from the position that I used to play, is I want to get in your head. I want to see how tough you are mentally, right? So, uh, you know, before the line of before you come into your trying to audible and different things like that, we're talking trash to you, right? Getting hits, hurries, making you feel the D line presence and showing you that this ain't college anymore, and see how you react from that, right? Take a couple big hits, a couple sacks, and see how you play off of that. So that that's usually my mindset uh, when I'm facing a rookie. I just want to see how tough you are and how you however you you react to that. It tells me that you might be in the league for a while, or do you start complaining to the refs? Or you know, start crying a little bit. You know Who's somebody you chirped? Who's somebody you chirped that responded in a way that you're like, "Oh, this guy's a bitch. This guy, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's got." No, you don't have to call him. Has anybody? And who's somebody that reacted in a manner that you did not expect? And what are you saying? Well, okay, so I'm I'm not more of the talk uh, the trash talker. It was my guy next to me who Michael Bennett. He was the the, the, okay. the trash talker. Yep. I was more of the I want to hit you, see how you how you fade, how you, how you react to it, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't want to call anybody out, but it's definitely happened a few times where you're like, oh yeah, he's not gonna make it. And then <laughs> you know, two, years later, two years later, he's out of the league or he's a backup or something like that, you know? So we're it's a it's a mind game out there, man. You know it. It's a mind game. Oh my god. Cliff, I can't thank you enough for joining us, man. You're electric. <laughs> my, my pleasure, bro. My pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me, man. You going to watch the draft next week? No. <laughs> it's going to be a technology war out there. For these That's not, I, don't, I don't understand. I, the NFL is so thirsty. I, and I, I obviously love the league. Or whatever. They're so thirsty. It's like... What like why why? Because you, you're putting the GMs in an uncomfortable situation. Oh. They can't even be around too many people. They're probably hiding out in somebody's in their own basement or something oh. to do this. Like you're setting everybody up for failure right here, man. Oh. Like why not just push this back? It's gonna be awesome though. I mean, just think about the old whites trying to deal with technology. <laughs> Cliff, it's going to be a problem. It is going to be a problem. I, it I might can, be the first time Goodell goes out and doesn't get booed. No, they got 15 virtual fans. They got 15 virtual fans. So unless Why they're would they do that? I don't know. I don't know. That, per <laughs> that is a chance, though. One of those 15 people is going to take their moment, and they are going to shine. I mean, that is just the Internet. That is just the way the Internet works, and I don't think they know that. Oh so God. unless they're hand-selecting other Goodells to be in yeah. there, that could, that could potentially be a nightmare for them as well. 
For sure. <laughs> that's that's going to be terrible, man. That's funny. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. Cliff Averill. Appreciate you, Cliff. Get no Sean off that wall, man. He don't deserve that. I can't help it, man. Jeez Louise. I appreciate it, man. You too, Cliff. Have a good one. Later. He's a good guy. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. Hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. Let me know where the hell you're spending old quarantine at. Zito's been bouncing through, sending out some merch. We have a bunch of new merch at the website, store.patmcfeeshow.com. Just take a little photo. This is where I'm Hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. Just kind of want to see how everybody's doing. I appreciate seeing you guys a lot. We got farmers out in California. We got people locked down in Wisconsin with their babies. We got rednecks over there in North Carolina housing beers. I appreciate this a lot. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.